I am the broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate located on the South Shore, and I have been working as a full-time realtor and sales and marketing consultant for home buyers and home sellers for the past 15 years. My unique approach to assisting my clients to the next chapter of their lives is driven by being a team player and by offering them continuous training, education, advising, and mentoring. Every week, I will be providing you with real estate topics ranging from home buyer and home seller advice, legal matters, insurance binders, flood insurance concerns, home inspection questions, environmental worries like radon, lead paint, and mold, mortgages and loan programs, staging tips and ideas, real estate contracts, market trends, home values, and more. It's a talk radio show, and you can follow along online. If you have any questions during the show, please call 781 837-4900. We'd love to talk real estate. If you missed any of our shows, you can listen on my podcast at talkrealestateradio.com. If you would like a one-on-one consultation with me regarding your home sale or your home purchase, you can connect with me anytime at bostonconnect.com or 781-826-8000. Now, sit back, relax, take good notes, and let's talk real estate. Hello to all my South Shore neighbors. This is Sharon McNamara. You are, of course, listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable here on WATD with Ben in the house over there in the studio in Marshfield. Hello there, Ben. Howdy, howdy. Hope everyone's doing well. We are doing fantastic, and I hope the same for you as well. Thank you kindly. Perfect. We have Melissa and Mary here in-house studio with me today. So Melissa's doing her thing and um, getting everybody hooked up for all of our other social media places. So you can find us um, if you don't want to follow along right now um, on the radio on WATD, but you can go, you can uh, stream it from their website or you can follow us on Facebook if you want to see what we look like and what our home office looks like. Our other team member is Dustin Hughes and he is working remotely today uh, from a home office and um, I love the background that it says she has fire in her soul and grace in her step or something yeah <laughs> yeah we'll change that out for you next a lot time. of grace yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so welcome Dustin how are you I'm doing well how are you Perfect. So uh, today's topic, we haven't had a chance to sort of catch up with each other. It was a busy day. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but I got my hair cut and colored today. <laughs> oh, is that why you asked how you looked her? Yeah. That's, I'm like, how am I looking with my new hair? And Mary got her her cut. She got bangs. Yeah, I look a little different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you watch us. I'm it. But. Yeah. Mary's wearing the bangs. And Melissa, who is over there, but you can't see her right now. She's out of the shot. Uh, she got her hair cut. So that was like the, like, Big event. Did anyone ever think that that was going to be so huge? I didn't know how many people were dying to get their hair cut. I mean, I knew all the men were because theirs grow so fast, but I thought, you know. I've been doing marks. You seem to be good at it. Yeah, I seem to like it. Yeah, Sam asked me to do his hair and I, I said no. No, Dustin no. isn't letting Casey touch his for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, tonight we're going to be... Um, we're going to have the traffic report uh, pretty soon with Lisa DeMilo uh, from the WATD Traffic Center. And then after that, we do have uh, Josh Cutler will be uh, joining us, I think, at 630. He said not much of an update to give, uh, but we will get a little bit of an update. Hey, I'm okay with the no update update. I know. Because then it feels like things are like balancing out and kind of normalizing. Yeah, I feel, I don't know if we're just, you know how they said, I remember Ken McCormick has been on with us every single week and Lisa Colody. They said, it's just going to be the new norm. Don't you feel that way? It felt a little abnormal wearing a mask while I was getting my hair cut. Right? I I can see that. I actually almost ran into a store yesterday without my mask on. Yeah. Just because it's, 
I just, it's habit. Yeah. Um, and I had to run back and go get it. Yeah. I, I find myself like in the supermarkets and different places too. I'll be like, if I'm, I'm waiting and you just don't know who you're going to irritate, you know what I mean? So it's like, eh, do you mind if I like sneak behind you? Like five feet versus six feet, you know, most people are like, yeah, I don't care. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We still have to be safe. I don't know. I'm not going to get into what is going on out in that crazy world right now. Um, I do, do want to say, you know, in regard to George Floyd, um, you know, that whole situation is awful. And, uh, my hope was that, um, this would be the final straw and it would unite us as a nation and it would unite us, uh, within races to say, no more. We're not going to tolerate this. I don't care if you're wearing a badge or you're not wearing a badge. No one deserves to be treated the way that he was treated. Again, I wasn't there, but I did see what was going on. So um, just wanted to give my little two cents about that. But um, the reaction out there right now is is horrifying to see what's happening in all these cities right now. Unfortunately, I think the media focuses, I mean, the rioting is definitely scary. Yeah. Um, but there have been a lot of peaceful protests. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and people coming together and uniting and standing as one and I think that's what everybody needs to focus on and not the destruction exactly um And too, I mean, and I understand when you feel as if you don't have a voice that, you know, getting the attention is definitely attention getting and they are getting that. And I'm hoping that George Floyd's uh, name uh, does not go in vain and that this is going to be something where we're more aware of um, just our brothers and sisters, no matter, you know, what size, uh, color or color of hair, curly hair, what doesn't matter. Um, So I'm I'm really hoping for that. And and one of the things that's been prompting in my head that you just uh, tapped touched base on it is one of my favorite quotes from and Mary and I by the way for all of our listeners here on WATD we went to the same Catholic school in Dorchester except for it was like a 20 year difference in between us um, and I do remember you know just Mother Teresa like we're always looking at quotes and my favorite quote of Mother Teresa or one of is don't invite me to a protest because I will not come but if you invite me to a peace rally I will be there mm-hmm. not to interrupt but Lisa DeMilo with traffic always got an open invitation, right? <laughs> yes, and I know she is so peaceful. She is one of our favorite people here on WATD and the Traffic Center. So how's it looking out there tonight, Lisa? Well, Sharon, thank you, and it's looking pretty good. The expressway southbound's all clear from top to bottom. Northbound, you're looking at a nine-minute drive from Braintree to Boston. Route 3 South is moving along from the expressway down through Plymouth. 93, that's clear in both directions between Canton and Braintree, and Route 24 South is still a 16-minute drive from 93 to 495. This report is sponsored by Positive Coaching Alliance. Questions about youth or high school sports, Positive Coaching Alliance can help. PCA, a national nonprofit organization, develops better athletes and better people through youth and high school sports. Info at positivecoach.org. Traffic on the nines every morning. I'm Lisa DeMilo in the WATD Traffic Center. This is Kirk Reed from McNamara Financial. I often get asked, when should I start collecting Social Security? It's not always a quick question to answer, but an important one. If you'd like to have a conversation about your situation, give me a call at 781-834-2010 or check out McNamaraFinancial.com. 
Christine James in the WATD newsroom. We were just giving you an update on a story we told you just a short time ago, and it ties in pretty much with what Sharon was talking about, about protesting and vigils. Well, there's a number of things that are scheduled for tonight in Brockton and in Quincy. And one of our reporters, uh, David Cedroni, is in Quincy as we speak. And when he got there just a few minutes ago, he said that it looked like there were already a, a thousand people gathered in Quincy Center. So far, it was peaceful. He said there was law enforcement uh, outside in the periphery. There was law enforcement among the people there, but so far, nothing uh, nothing scary had happened. And we're going to check in with David in uh, just a minute and find out if anything has happened in the past uh, 20 minutes. As we said, over a thousand people about a half an hour ago. David Cedroni, what's happening in Quincy right now? Uh, we have a few of the, uh, the city council is speaking right now. And I'll give you some of that, um, some of that audio. $8. So, this is Brian Palmucci, city councilor, talking about equality in Quincy. And we must all stand together, united, to say that no more, no more will we stand idly by and let racial inequality exist in our community. Yeah. So there you go, here in Quincy. And so far, no violence, everything peaceful? No, everything's, yeah, everything's pretty quiet. They're just still talking. The Same, about a thousand people still there or more? More. More. They're speaking. I just don't want to speak too loud. Okay. I'm right next to them, Christine, but okay. we'll keep you updated. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Again, that's our David Cedroni in Quincy Center. Uh, more than a thousand people there. Peaceful so far. And again, uh, Sharon McNamara, thank you for letting us cut into your show tonight, letting you know that more people are concerned about being good, being peaceful, and being helpful. They're proving it tonight in Quincy so far. To Christine James, WATD. We now return to Talk Real Estate, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services on 95.9 WATD. And we're back. Hello to all my South Shore neighbors. So you just heard Christine James. She is in Quincy or she's uh, somebody is reporting from Quincy. But Dave David Cedroni out yeah. in Quincy. Yep. Dave. Okay. And um, anytime. It's, so Ben, just so you know, it seems like that's something important that's going on. And we're all about the community here. So, you know, we've been donating our show for things are really important to our listeners. So if Christine needs to break in at any point, we're here till eight. Just feel free to just let us know. Okay. Thank you so much on behalf of the WATD news team and everybody involved. Yeah, absolutely. So that's really important. I'm glad to hear that it's peaceful. And like I said, maybe uh, some my quote from Mother Teresa will ring in everybody's ears, right? Yeah, it goes to prove that we're focused on standing together and being one. As you heard, I don't know who was speaking, but that was the one thing that I heard is we're, we're going to stand up together and we're going to mm-hmm. unite against this as one. Yeah. And that's what people are preaching and that's what it's really about. And, mm-hmm. and you know, all this minutiae that comes with it, unfortunately, and such at a phrase, it's a, at hard. a hard time that these situations are happening as well. And um, it, it's just, it's unfortunate. Like my heart as a small business owner, um, you know, lots of great, exciting stuff. Uh, Josh Cutler, Mel is going to be checking in with us, right? Um, so at 6.30. And are you on? So, yeah, yeah, there you are. Um, he'll be calling us at 6.30 with an update. But I know, you know, a lot of the small businesses were able to come live, you know, online. Uh, to, to work and everything. And um, I just felt my heart. Did you see the on Newberry Street, the, mm-hmm. the man, mm-hmm. he had a, a smoke shop mm-hmm. and like the windows broken. And honestly, when I watched him, I, I couldn't help but cry. Well, first of all, I, I've, I, every time I can't watch the, you know, George Floyd thing. Anyways, I cry when I watch, you know, that man kneeing on him. But 
you know, the small businessman, he's like, I've been closed for three months because of COVID and I'm finally able to open, you know, this week Mm -hmm. and I have nothing, Mm -hmm. nothing to to sell. And I just, you know, it's unfortunate that, um, you know, that the people who are doing these things and the looting and all this other stuff, I feel as if they just want their voice heard. So I understand that part of it, but my heart goes out to everybody involved. Mm -hmm. You know, because these small businesses are, you know, and then think about the government just, you know, bailing, not bailing people out, but with the PPP loans and trying to keep, you know, our economy going and everything. So don't let us step back as Americans. Um, When I woke up this morning and I looked out my window, uh, we, that's where our flagpole is. And um, it was no wind and the flag was just sort of hanging there, but the way the sun was hitting it. It was glimmering off of the flagpole, off the flag, the American flag. And I said to Mark, it looks like America is just sad. And that's that's just how I feel. So we have to come together. Come on, people. We're going to get together and um, we're going to stand up for everybody's rights. Right? I'm into it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, do you want to give everybody a little synopsis of what's going on, where we are, and what's going what's gonna go down tonight? Yeah, so last week we decided that we're going to do all things real estate and, you know, a lot could change in a week, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, so we're, we're going to, you know, we're still going to be talking about real estate because this is a real estate show. I know we've done about 12 or 13 shows about COVID. COVID's still here. So, you know, obviously it is playing a, a role in our everyday life, um, but it's also playing a role in real estate. So we want to touch upon those things. We are going to have Josh Cutler calling in. I think he's going to be on zoom soon and maybe in a couple minutes mm-hmm. and then we have um another special guest yeah, um, i'm excited about this yes author lisa braxton um it's actually one of sharon's friends slash uh, uh clients friend first client later yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> um and she's gonna be calling in and gonna be on zoom as well and and talking about her new book that's coming out um so we want to make sure that we you know highlight highlight the good that is going on as well mm-hmm. um so, you know, we're just going to sort of jump right in. I know Josh is going to be here in a couple minutes. So, um, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh wait, look at that. Whoa. Oh, thank you, Josh Cutler. Oh, we hear the doorbell. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Josh. Can Josh hear us? He's just getting everything all organized there. He's unmuting. Um, He's changing his background. background. <laughs> where, where is he tonight? <laughs> Josh, can you hear us? I think, I don't know why he can't hear us, but. I think he's still connecting. Dustin, can you hear us? Yeah, he's still connecting. Okay. Where in the world is Josh Cutler? Oh, yeah. We can do a a series on that. That will be our new thing. (laughs) Oh, now you can hear us. Good. Hello, Mr. Cutler. How are you? Guys, I'm well, thank you. How are we doing? Good. Doing great. And, um, you know, we um, we were just talking a little bit earlier. I don't know if you were listening, and we were just you know, giving our condolences, obviously, to the Floyd family and just talking a little bit about, you know, Mother Teresa, my favorite line is, you know, don't, you know, don't invite me to a protest because I won't go. But if you send me to a peace rally, I'm sure to be there. And uh, Christine James um, from WATD News Center, she actually broke in and there's some stuff going on, I guess, in Brockton and in Quincy tonight. So in Braintree, yeah. So I know we're here, you're here to talk about COVID, but feel free, the floor is yours. I mean, if you want to give us an update on some of, it was a peaceful, you know, but the state house, that 630 rally that they had, that seemed very, very peaceful. So um, just let us know what you want to talk about. Sure. Well, it's, yeah, there's lots to talk about. Um, <laughs> uh, obviously very sad what happened uh, to Floyd. And, and uh, I know some of my colleagues today actually 
uh, our Black and Latino Caucus had a, a silent march um, from the African Church up to the State House, uh, mm. and it had some remarks after that. And uh, I know it's something we had a, a caucus with our, our old house uh, today, and the speaker, you know, his first words were, you know, just expressing um, his uh, you know, outrage at what happened, and also commitment to to um, to make sure that we. Uh, try to do everything we can to address that. And, mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure there'll be some 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 sort of policy proposals coming forward um, uh, out of that uh, in the near future. And um, obviously that's what we need. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, that's what we need. Yeah, I know Mary's so, like uh, emotional. We're all emotional, but I love you know yeah. the word that you use, Josh, is outrage. And I will. I don't think that you're going to find many people who didn't find what happened to Mr. Floyd outrageous like not outrageous it was outrageous okay. it was just absolutely outrageous so and as i said at the beginning i was when i saw it i said maybe this is that one thing that's finally going to unite everybody when they see how bad that was so that's what i'm still hopeful for and i know that uh we're in good hands with you up at the state house and again we're just you know it's just josh now but we should probably mm -hmm. Mel, you want to give him a little introduction on who he is oh, yeah. oh, sorry. <laughs> just josh i'm sorry i do have a tickle on my throat i'm like mary can you take over yeah. because so um josh cutler is our state rep for the sixth district <laughs> and now i'm gonna it's duxbury pembroke and hansen hansen right on the line yes and he's been joining us for the past 13 weeks just giving us updates as to what's going on especially the first couple of weeks i mean i feel like there was update after update of new program available to business owners mm -hmm. and and 1099 employees or independent contractors mm -hmm. so how is everything going i know some businesses opened this past week last week so how's that looking how's phase two looking i got my hair done today mary melissa did too Mel, uh, mary got hers done a couple days ago i was last week i was like two days <laughs> in <laughs> i couldn't I, take yeah, it I, know, I, I actually went today <laughs> it looks and, good uh, <laughs> thank you although i have to say that the, the guy who did it was great and he's <laughs> <laughs> he said, my self haircut, which I had given before, was the worst he had seen. <laughs> <laughs> See, so, you're the best at everything you do. Yeah, <laughs> the no, worst haircut, right? Not my forte, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, it felt good. I mean, it's, it's you know, I joke about it. You know, the small thing to get in your haircut, it was like just such a nice feeling to be able to get a haircut. And mm -hmm. Absolutely. Feel, yep. you know, somewhat. <laughs> Bring back a little bit of normalcy, even though it's different. Yeah. Absolutely. It makes you feel a little normal. Mm -hmm. And it yeah. is like the new norm. You guys are right. You've been saying this, you know, along with our other guests all along for the last 13 weeks. It's just our new norm. And once everybody gets in that flow of things, it's going to be fine. Yeah, no, absolutely. And in the place I went to, they the local barbershop, they handled it very well and they had a whole process. And so, you know, I think very quickly they, they have adapted. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're all doing. Um, I know. So, you know, phase one is, is now open. Uh, mm -hmm. Governor Baker uh, on the 6th, so on Saturday, will be coming, uh, making some remarks. We expect giving us the details about phase two. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, there's been some, over the last week, been some some sort of smaller updates, some tweaks, I would say, to the different phases and different businesses. Um, for instance, uh, fitness, uh, personal training services were moved from phase three to phase two. Okay. Um, there was some additional guidance about driving uh, ranges. I know that's just because I, I know that because there's um, one in my district that that's been um, asking me about that. Uh -huh. um, so some 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 changes, um, some good changes, I think. Um, in the it, obviously, a lot of the focus has been on restaurants as well. Um, mm -hmm. With phase two, we'll be seeing outdoor seating. Um, later in phase two, um, they expect some indoor seating, but at first it will just be outdoor seating. Uh -huh. 
Um, and there have been some additional changes made. And in fact, tomorrow the legislature will be voting on a bill to um, to make some changes for restaurants to make life a little bit easier for them. For them. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, breaking news, um, I can tell you, we just had a conference call about this a few hours ago. The bill is going to um, include, um, number one, it's going to include a cap on what those third-party delivery services can charge you for going to restaurants. Because we've mm -hmm. seen in some cases they, the fees that they're charging uh, are, can be quite significant. And so mm -hmm. it's, gonna, it's gonna be a cap on that just to help help out our restaurants and the mm -hmm. consumers. Mm -hmm. uh, there's gonna so be- like the Uber Eats and those exact, types exactly, of- Exactly, yeah, 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 okay. Some people, That's you know, good. most of them are you know doing the right thing, but some of them are taking advantage of the situation. Mm -hmm. um, so there's gonna be a waiver of all the penalties and interest for any late meals tax payments. That's just something that, you know, fiscally to help uh, our struggling re restaurant owners. Mm -hmm. um, there's also going to be, welcome, I see a bell. Mm -hmm. um, yep. That's uh, Lisa Braxton, who is um, an author, and she's going to be on with us next. Hello, Lisa. Thanks for joining us. Welcome, Lisa. I <laughs> uh, look forward to that. Um, and then um, also, um, maybe of more interest to the public, um, we're going to be including what, what they call cocktails to go. Also, so that, um, currently, that uh, sounds good. <laughs> I did that more. <laughs> so, you know, we, we did allow a meal, uh, beer and wine to go mm -hmm. uh, on a limited basis. And now that's going to be expanded to allow mixed drinks and, and cocktails. Um, well, were you on a couple of weeks ago, though? I talked to the district attorney and I talked to the sheriff and they didn't think that was a great idea, Josh. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm not surprised uh, and understand. Um, I, I, as a caveat, I would tell you that you know there are some some strict limits on how that can be done, mm -hmm. uh, and, and I think if they knew that, they may may uh, feel a little differently. But um, for instance, the, the the drinks would have to be contained, and they'd have to be put in the trunk or in the rear where they wouldn't be accessible to the driver. Um, mm -hmm. So there's some you know some steps involved so that to ensure that someone. You know, isn't just it was like a lot of work. <laughs> I'm make my own. Um, so that was one thing, and then um, the other thing was making it easier to um, for local restaurants to apply and have uh, alcohol service outdoors. Yeah. Uh, because at first they're only going to be allowed to to um, serve outdoors, and so some restaurants may already have that permit, but others may not, and mm. some may quickly erect, you know, put up some Jersey barriers and, and come up with a little outdoor service area, and so wanting to make it easier for those restaurants to be able to, um, to serve beer and wine or cocktails mm -hmm. um, in that area. So we've, we've uh, empowered uh, local boards of selectmen and licensing authorities. They already had the authority to do that, but we've, uh, we're going to allow them to skip the step of going to the Alcoholic Beverages Control Commission, the ABCC, mm -hmm. um, and bypass that step. So, because that's what normally would can take a significant amount of time. So, make it a little bit easier for restaurants to to take those steps. Yeah. Um, obviously, with local all these things with local control. Yeah. Um, so the local local officials have the the ultimate say there. That's great. And what I heard too that you know some areas are thinking about like closing down some of the streets where there's a lot of businesses. I don't know. My head went to like I was thinking of the North End, like Hanover Street or something like that, mm -hmm. so they could get more outside seating. And I know I, I talk about my daughter Mackenzie all the time, but Clemson seems that she went to a restaurant the other day. They're at 75% capacity inside the restaurant. So they've been driving around with tequila uh, margaritas for a while now <laughs> from the restaurants. But I know like they have like, um, I think this would be fun for us to do around here, like jazz on the alley. You know what I mean? And when we could use like Pembroke Center, the the green, get some, can you get us some picnic benches and maybe have some of these local companies like set up some trucks or something for us, food trucks. Food trucks. Yeah, and then we can dance. Yeah, the North End would be fun to have, you know, like, you know, go back to 
you know, mm. no pedestrian walkways and, and it'd be, be a pretty cool spot. So yeah, I know, I know restaurants, uh, the chairman of our Ways and Means Committee, which is one of the very influential committees, he's from the North End. And so he very much cares oh. about restaurants. He's a great guy. And so you know, we're, we're trying to do whatever we can to, to help our That's restaurants. Great. So when do the, the bigger retail stores, when do they start to open? So phase two includes uh, uh, retail. So right now you can do the curbside, but phase two would include... Um, uh, inside with some restrictions. Okay. So we expect in some of some of the um, you know phase two they haven't given a specific date. We're expecting that you know uh, either on June eighth or June fifteenth uh, the dates um, that, mm-hmm. that that I hear. Um, but we'll expect the governor on the sixth to to give us some firm details about all that, so we have some some time to prep and businesses can you know be mm-hmm. ready. Do you find out when everybody else finds out? Like, do you really yeah. have to watch him? Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah <laughs> so no, disappointed he is. I know. I have, you know, I, I, I keep, you know, I look on Twitter and Facebook and I'm calling people and stuff. So, you know, I, I try to get right on it, but no, he, he, he keeps, they keep that pretty keep, close to the back. Yeah, they keep it close, right? I, I just and, and you. That's just, one thing I, I will say. I sometimes hear people call me and say, hey, I heard a rumor that, you know, such and such. You know, what do you think? And I tell them it's, you know, it could be true, but nobody has any information. They haven't decided. They don't release it till, till, till right then. And so mm-hmm. if you're those kinds of things, you know, be a little skeptical. Yeah. And I know that there was a lot going on, like the Pembroke Chamber and all the other different chambers around. Uh, I know that I think Peter Brown, I think, is doing something next uh, next Wednesday. He's going to be doing a session for people. I know Lisa Cullity is going to be doing it. So we'll have more details next Tuesday. Lisa will be joining us again uh, just to talk a little bit about that. And, you know, it was it was great to see because we actually, um, Mayor, um, Melissa did a great job putting together our, um, what is that? Checklist. Our checklist over there, yeah. So I had actually sent it to Lisa Cullity and Ken McCormick, like, hey, does this look okay? And they loved it. So they're like, you know, send it off to the chamber. So it's nice to see all these, you know, the smaller companies helping each other and just pitching it. It's, it's what it should be, right? It takes a village. Yeah, absolutely. We had, we had a, a nice um, uh, chamber session the other day, actually, uh, with Peter Brown and um, and Lisa Cullity as well. And I know there's one next week. So uh, yeah. uh, that's very helpful just to, you know, hear what everyone's doing and be on the same page. And you know. So if people need to get in touch with you or if they have any questions where maybe they need some help with something, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, so uh, happy to hear to hear from folks. Uh, I'm actually not at the state house right now. I know I have a lovely background. <laughs> this is the grand staircase you can see behind me. Uh, I was going to ask for that a couple of weeks ago. I literally was going to say, "Would you mind putting that grand staircase behind you?" I love that. That's one of my favorite spots in the state house. Yeah, one one of one of the the final times I went to the state house before everything kind of shut down, I took a bunch of pictures, and this was one of them. Hmm. Everything was quiet, and it was very beautiful. And you have one in the room that's like right off the side, and it has all the it's the round room there. That it's a big round room. I have a picture of that. I I can probably find one, but I I don't. Yeah. (laughs) But in any case, yeah, no. Happy if folks need help, uh, they can email me in my office at josh.cutler at mahouse.gov. Um, you can call, you can call our state house number, which is 617-722-2810. Um, we do check that. You can also reach me directly on my cell phone, which is 781-422-4001. You know what? We have, um, Dave sort of breaking in with the newsroom. So I don't know if something's going on in Quincy. Ben, is he trying to break in here? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not sure if you guys could hear that or not, but uh, in just a moment, if that'd be okay, yeah. Okay, so they're going to be breaking in. 
I think I've given my update, guys. Uh, I'll, I'll, we have, you have some good guests, and it sounds like you got some breaking news, so I will uh, let you go back to your, your good stuff. Perfect. All right, Josh. Thanks again. Nice thanks, to see you. Have a good right, week. Stay care. safe. So, right, Sharon, if you want, we can toss it over to Christine James uh, for a second. Okay. Yep. So, Lisa, we'll be right with you. We just have some breaking news from Lisa James. I'm not Lisa James. Christine James. I was thinking Lisa DeMilo. That's why. Christine James, can you hear us? Absolutely. I can hear you. I can hear a little bit about what's going on in the background with David Cedrone. Thanks for letting us cut in again. Last time we talked to David, it sounded like it was peaceful in Quincy. Looks like a little bit of noise there. I'm not sure if more activity is ramping up. What's happening? All right, so now they're, they're lined up on Hancock Street, as you can hear. Black Lives Matter is the chant. Thousands, thousands of people here because seeing each side. Now they, they, the Black Lives Matter um, group asked everyone to peacefully to line up on Hancock Street on each side. And this is what's going on right now. The candles and the chant of Black Lives Matter. Live here in Quincy. We'll keep you updated on uh, anything else goes on. Dave Cedrone, WATD News. Thank you very much, David Cedroni. I'm Christine James in the WATD Newsroom. And we're back. And again, that was Christine James. My apologies for calling her Lisa. I was just, I'm so used to breaking in with Lisa DeMilo. Uh, so that's where we started. But again, um, you know, the WATD Newsroom is um, out there in full force, uh, getting information for everybody. And um, this is some really important stuff that we're going through right now. So um, again, I just keep on saying my heart and my soul and my thoughts and prayers are with the Mr. Floyd's family and, um, you know, everybody involved, you know, that they also have to mourn him. You know what I mean? So it just seems um, actually very emotional, doesn't mm -hmm. it? Yeah. Hearing that, like the chanting and everything, it's, um, it's just, yeah, I just, when they started to, I looked at you guys, you know, I literally just got goosebumps all over my body. Yeah. And again, Lisa, I don't know. Lisa Braxton with us and Lisa is a good friend. She was a client uh, that I helped her find uh, a condo. I believe it was her first home. Yes. Uh, yes, it was. Yeah. Back in 2010. Wow. That was when we first opened up. Mm. Um, so uh, we were talking earlier about um, the situation with Mr. Floyd and just how horrific it was. And when I first saw it on the news, my first thought was, maybe, just maybe this will be the thing that is so outrageous that we will come together as in just in unity that's all i can think of so i'm really hopeful for that um that that will happen uh but we have you on tonight we're not going to be talking real estate with you tonight but maybe we will have you on one day talking real estate because that was a lot of fun wasn't it it was we had, we had a fun time getting uh getting this condo for me it worked out very well and i'm i'm still enjoying it 10 years later Yes. And a lot has changed. It's one of the things I love too, is like staying in touch with Lisa over the years. And then, then she got married and it's just like, those things are just like so fun to watch people go through these other <laughs> chapters. And then she surprised me with some news and she's like, I wrote a book. And I was like, oh, my, that's when I got goosebumps. Mm -hmm. So, um, so we have um, a bunch of different questions for you, Lisa. And thank you for joining us tonight. Um, I actually, the reason why for Melissa and Mary, I'm not even sure if you know, um, this past week I had ordered her book months ago and I got an update from Amazon that my book will be arriving next week. <laughs> so I screenshotted it and I sent it to her. Um, I, I would have loved to have had the book first to have you on, but maybe that's what we can do another time is after I get to read the book, which I'm excited to do. Um, but Lisa, why don't you tell our listeners just a little bit about you and what sort of started your you know, your goal of writing your first book? 
I have wanted to write a book since I began reading as a child. And I would, uh, I was a bookworm and my mother would have to chase me out of the house to go play with the kids. I would rather stay in the house and read. And I said to my mother, as a six or seven year old, one day I'm going to be a novelist. That's what I want to be. And mm-hmm. she said, well, Lisa, that's nice, but uh, you need to have a career also because you can't <laughs> make a living writing novels. So I kept that in the back of my head all throughout high school and and that I got involved in journalism in high school, the high school newspaper, became manager of my college newspaper, majored in journalism in college, and worked in journalism for many, many years, newspapers, radio station, TV, and it was so fast-paced, there was no time to create anything creative. I had no time to do any uh, fiction writing, really, until toward the end of my TV career, I did uh, write a short story, and I eventually got it published, and that mm-hmm. was going. And so I began The Talking Drum, which is the name of the novel, in 2008. I went to back to grad school for a degree in creative writing to help me work on this novel, and I finished it in 2010, mm-hmm. and in all these years to get it published. And I was rewriting it, revising it, bringing it to literary agents, getting rejected, they'd give me feedback, and I'd uh, take their feedback if I agreed with it and, and continue to rework the novel until finally at a conference, I happened to go to the uh, the book expo and I just went to every single table at the expo, met all the editors of the uh, small presses. And there was one from Canada who I was thinking, well, they're Canadian, they're not going to be interested in the U.S. author. Mm-hmm. But sure enough, she said, your book sounds interesting. And I met her at the booth at this conference talking to her. She said, well, make a copy of the, of the book and send it to me. I made a copy of all 360 some pages and I got an email from her maybe two months later saying she went to her board of directors. They loved it. And that was 2017. And here we are now. How are you goosebumps now, Melissa? (laughs) (laughs) So exciting. I know. And to think how many years, and you know, when you were telling your story about going to that book play and going to every single booth and everything, you know, that's Jack Canfield's story as well. From the chicken soup for the soul, yes. Nobody wanted to publish those, and him. It was uh, Mark Hansen, him and Mark Hansen, right? That wrote them together, and that's exactly what happened. And somebody finally did, and they. I think first they wanted to publish in something, but anyways, I digress with that. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your novel? And it's, again, I want to make sure I get this right. So it is The Talking Drum. So why don't you tell us a little bit about it and what it's all about? The Talking Drum is about three young couples in the early 1970s and how they're affected when an urban redevelopment project takes over over an immigrant neighborhood for gentrification. So I have these three couples, um, Malachi and Sydney. They're a young couple who purchased a bookstore in an urban area on the coast of Massachusetts, much like Boston, but it's a fictional city called Bellport. And Sydney was in law school, but she wanted to support her husband's dream of opening up this bookstore. He was going for, um, he wanted to go further in his his academic career, but he did not get tenure. So he was mad and he just quit and he wanted to go back to his hometown and do something um, for the people of Bellport. Then across the street from that uh, bookstore, and also that couple lives upstairs from the bookstore, is um, Kwame and Della. Kwame is Malachi, the husband across the street, best friend, and he's a rather shady character. Della doesn't really trust him. He's a mover and shaker. He's um, he's a handyman. He's a, has his hands in a lot of different areas. But you're wondering if he's really on the up and up. And well, the story will let you know as it goes along. Then there's Omar and Natalie. Uh, Omar is from Senegal, West Africa. Natalie is African American. 
and they live in the neighborhood that's going to be taken by urban that may be taken by urban redevelopment and they have a lot of friction in their marriage because of the cultural differences and omar is a dreamer he does not believe the neighborhood will be taken and he's also a drummer and he feels that he wants to become the drumming ambassador of the world and bellport is this launching place but they're living in a decrepit building and she wants to move out he wants to stay and they have a lot of tension there mm-hmm. there are also some fires going on there is there's an arsonist that's running through that area mm-hmm. buildings so we have a lot of drama going on in this book Oh, that's interesting. I was going to say, I'm intrigued. Tell me more. I know. I was <laughs> no, like, we have to read the book. Give me the, give me the whole cliff notes right now. I, I think that you should read the book like once it's out for everybody. I think we should do like a Lisa Braxton night. And you're just like, Ooh, like, a, like a book club wine night. Yeah. Oh, well, let's, have a, yeah let's do that. Let's have a um, book club and that will be part of it. Mm-hmm. I think it sounds like a great idea. Um, so I, you know, when you were talking about the arsonist though, and you were saying how like it sort of is, um, you know, like the, the little drama that got into it. I remember when we, I grew up in Dorchester and there was an arsonist. My parents owned a little convenience store. Maybe I have a story in me too. And there was an arsonist and my parents actually, the whole building went up in flames. So do you have yeah, some other questions too for Lisa? Yeah. Well, that is a very interesting story and I will really want to read it, but I want to know where your inspiration came from for this book. I was writing a story about a man and woman who um, were in love years ago and then they moved on and the woman was trying to get back together with him. And so she comes into a bookstore when she knows he's going to be there to try to rekindle their romance. So I was writing this story about these two characters and I hit a wall and I had nowhere to go. And so then I decided to, for whatever reason, to add um, an African drummer. And in the back of my mind, I think that the, um, the gentrification came along because for instance, my parents owned and operated a men's clothing store in Bridgeport, Connecticut for years from the late 1960s until up until the 2000s. And eventually, slowly but surely, the neighborhood was changing and the, the homes on, along the waterfront were being taken for gentrification. And my parents' customer base, customer base got smaller and smaller and smaller. And there was that issue. And then also with my church in West Newton back in the late 60s, the, um, the, the neighborhood, the African-American neighborhood by that church, half of it was taken for the extension of the mass pike. So at that time, it was very hard for black people to move where they wanted to move because of discrimination. And so half of the neighborhood was cut, those homes taken, and those people were trying to get other housing in their town in West Newton or in Newton, and it was almost impossible. And it really destroyed, it just destroyed the fabric of the neighborhood. And I was part of a history committee that was um, looking at the history of our church and that came up. And some of the people in the, on the committee were talking about back then in the 70s, late 60s, how that neighborhood was changed because of the Mass Pike. And they were crying in the committee meeting. Oh. All these years later, they were still, they still felt it so much, what was taken away from them, how they were uprooted. And mm-hmm. things were in the back of my mind as I was writing. And so I really wanted to talk about how um, urban redevelopment can benefit people, benefit cities that are suffering, but also hurt the people who've been there for years and 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 how it caused them to lose their sense of community. Mm-hmm. And that is something that is actually, you know, to bring the real estate aspect into it is, it is something that's a big deal right now in Boston. And uh, Dustin, who is also with us here, he's on our team as well. And he does a lot of rentals in the city. And it's getting more and more difficult to get anything that is reasonably priced. And, 
it, right. And then if you think yeah. about the areas like where we, you know, where Mary and I grew up in that area too, like I grew up in Dorchester, you can't there. And it's these big investors who are buying these homes, the three families in Dorchester, mm-hmm. switching them over to condos and people are getting pushed out. And I can see, I see that I, I don't like that. We had a three family. What was that last year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had a three family in Dorchester and I made some phone calls to people that I knew in the city. Cause I was like, I really want to see this go to someone who wants to live here, not an investor. So you can see how that happens. Mary, do you have some questions for me, uh, for Lisa as well? Oh, absolutely. Um, one of the questions, what, well, what do you want people to come away with after reading the talking drum? I would like for people to really start a dialogue, talk about matters that are um, at the forefront right now and other matters, because I um, go into some issues about race in my book, about race, mm-hmm. about bias, and of mm-hmm. course about people who are stepped on because of others, let's say investors who come in and, and, and take over these um, these areas, and then people, the working class people are pushed out, and how do they get into work, and those sorts of things. So I'm hoping that this will, will start a dialogue for people to talk to each other and try to understand each other better. I'm just hoping it, it um, encourages a lot of very good conversation. Hmm. And, what, and there couldn't be a better time for something like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Dustin, did you have any questions? I didn't know if you wanted to um, break in or not. Dustin yeah. is an avid reader, by the way. So Dustin reads, what you must read at least a book a week, right? I, I try. Yes, he likes to read. <laughs> whatever. I'm, so I really mostly just want to know what you would recommend for a book. <laughs> if it wasn't your own. If it wasn't your yeah. own. Yes. <laughs> oh, there are so many good books. I just recently read, it's an older book, um, The Street by Anne Petrie. This, uh, she, was, um, she came along, I guess, during the tail end of the, the Harlem Renaissance. And it's a book about how um, a, 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 a separated woman, she's separated from her husband and she lives in Harlem and she's an eight-year-old son and she's trying to um, shelter him and, and come have a better life for her and her son and all the struggles she faces to do that. That one is a, just an outstanding novel and I'm so glad it's getting a resurgence of interest. It was what, was the name again? what was the name of it again? I'm sorry. Street. By Ann Petrie. Okay. Ann Petrie. Another one, another one that is good is um, The Other Madisons by Betty Kearse. She's a retired pediatrician. She worked in this area. She's now retired to Arizona. But her family uh, had a story in which um, her she's African-American. Her family tree was traced back to um, President James Madison. And so one of her great aunts, I believe it was, gave her a box of information um, once she was retiring and said, can you please work on this story for us? And she dug around and dug around and did the genealogy. And sure enough, her family is their descendants of James Madison. And I understand it's a very interesting story. I've been on panels with her um, for short stories and essays, but not for this book. It just came out, I think, in March. But I understand it's an outstanding book. In regard to your book, I'm curious as who is your favorite character? And why? <laughs> I'd say that my favorite character is Omar, the drummer. He uh, is a dreamer. He um, is very loyal to his parents in Senegal. Um, he uh, had an opportunity to go to the a, a big conference and exhibit in uh, Dakar, the the capital, and actually meet the uh, the uh, musician Duke Ellington. And then he gets to come to the U.S. So he's a pioneer of sorts. 
but he um, he loves his music, wants to um, get people interested in drumming, but he also has some blind spots. He doesn't realize what he's doing to hurt his marriage because he's so focused on his music and he's so different from his wife. And so I found him to be a very, very layered, textured character. And he was very, I enjoyed writing him. And I also enjoyed in, um, researching him because I actually started going to a Senegalese restaurant in Boston to learn about the, the cuisine. I met up with the mm-hmm. owner and we would talk about the culture and she had me meet some of her friends. And then I went and went ahead and took drumming lessons to learn how to drum. Nice. So, <laughs> Omar was a very, very interesting adventure for me. That is awesome. Do you think that there will be a sequel or does it have an ending that just, just, you know, it does, you know what, there's not going to be a part two. <laughs> see a part two what i see is i see people finishing reading the novel and i think that people in their own minds will decide where the characters go from there i think it it, i leave things at a good place for people to use their own imaginations to decide for themselves where the characters go great did you have a difficult time coming up with the title or did you know all along what it was going to be i had the title early on um i had i got that pretty easily I didn't get the story very easily, but the title I had, so it was, it was making this <laughs> That's great. Well, you know, we have to um, break at seven o'clock because um, we have to do, that's WATD rules. We have a couple more minutes. Um, just about one minute. Just about one minute. And um, what I'll have to do, uh, Dustin, maybe do you have like a favorite book that you would like to tell Lisa about or do you need more time to think about it? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the last couple of things I've read. Yeah, he's well read. I'll tell you that, so Lisa. So tell people, um, and you know what, do you, Lisa? Do you want to stay on because we do have to break at seven? Do you want to stay on so we can talk about the most important things, like how people can find your book? Stay on for that. Yes. Yes, I would love for you to stay on for that. Absolutely. So, then when um, are we ready to take that seven o'clock break? We are ready to rock and or roll. All Perfect. right, we will be right back, and we're going to continue our conversation with Lisa Braxton, who is a novelist uh, for the Beating Drum. We'll be right back. The talking drum. WATD FM Marshfield, WMEX Quincy, WBMS Brockton, and Translator W266DA Brockton. The South Shore's first choice for live team coverage of breaking news, emergency traffic, and severe weather. WATD. Streaming online at 959WATD.com and with your smart speaker just by saying play WATD. AP News. I'm Jackie Quinn. The state of Minnesota has launched a civil rights investigation into the Minneapolis Police Department following the death of George Floyd last week. Governor Tim Wall says he's hoping for widespread change. Deeply seated issues exist. And the reason I know it is, we saw the casual nature of the erasing of George Floyd's life and humanity. President Trump is stepping up the pressure on the nation's governors to crack down after a week of violent protests. He's demanding that New York call in the National Guard to stop what he calls lowlifes and losers. There were peaceful protests today in New York City, but a curfew is in place for tonight to prevent more violence. Macy's flagship store in Herald Square was the latest to be broken into, while fancy shops in Soho and other parts of Manhattan, as well as minority-owned businesses in the Bronx, were also looted. Some who were there to peacefully protest tried to stop them, 
Police made hundreds of arrests and in the process say about half a dozen cops were injured, but none critically. During the day, there were loud but peaceful marches demanding justice for George Floyd and others killed by police as well as reforms. Julie Walker, New York. In Las Vegas, an officer has been shot and gravely wounded while police were trying to disperse a crowd. Four officers in St. Louis were shot. All are expected to recover. It seems like everyone's reaching out via Zoom conferences in this age of social distancing. Our Sagar Magani reports the company's enjoying a boom in revenue. From business meetings to online classes to happy hours, Zoom is booming. It posted a first quarter profit of $27 million, up from 198000 a year ago. Its stock has more than tripled in price this year. Stock surged today. The Dow gained 267 points. This is AP News. This is Christine James in the WATD Newsroom. We've been following the story tonight about one of the vigils planned here locally in Quincy. That's what you're hearing in the background a little bit. When we talked to David Cedroni a short time ago, over a thousand people gathering, yelling, or not yelling, chanting Black Lives Matter. David, it sounds like the crowd is starting to move from what I can tell. What's going on? Yeah, I'm moving with them actually on Hancock Street. They're marching up Hancock Street, doing their peaceful chant, don't shoot. They're between, you know, saying George Floyd's name or other victims of uh, police violence. But they're marching up the fear, uh, up to Hancock now, like I said, towards North Quincy that way. Uh, police on bicycles lining on each side. And as you can hear, it's, it's pretty peaceful, Christine, actually. There hasn't been any, any anything, any violence that I've seen so far. It's been... Everyone's pretty, you know, been pretty good about this so far. Now, what can you uh, tell me about? Can you give an estimate of the ages of the crowd? Is it mostly a younger crowd or is it all different ages of people? It, it is all different ages, actually. I'm seeing, you know, from, from you know, 13-year-old uh, kids with their parents to, you know, seniors walking now. And uh, a mix of... Uh, of, of uh, you know, people of diversity. I notice there's not much of that, in, of you know, here as it would be maybe in Boston. But you know, they um, the city council has got up and spoke, and I think they did a pretty good job. It's pretty quiet now, and like I said, over a thousand people, definitely. Is there? And you said they're marching. Are there? Are they planning on going to a particular place to stop? Is there some kind I, of a gathering, or is it just moving with the crowd here? No, just moving with the crowd. I think I don't. I, I really don't. They're going up up, up to Pancock Street towards North Quincy, and I don't, you know, officer, do you know if there's a point they're going to? I don't even know. Yeah. I didn't know. They really yeah. No, they 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 weren't even sure if they were going left or right. There's a you can take go left and and get off Hancock, and they kept going up straight on Hancock. So, so here you know here we are. They're getting towards uh, almost to Furnaceboro Parkway now. What do the uh, what do the signs say? Are they saying, you know, we support all lives matter, black, black lives, lives matter? Black lives matter. I can't breathe. Um, end racism, police and police brutality. Just all, all, all lives matter. Any sign that has to do with this, it's it's here. And systemic racism. You know, silence is um uh, what is it? Uh, Arabs for black power. Um <laughs> Arabs for um Oh, that's not a good one. I can't breathe. Yeah, this is a mix of different different signs here, Christine. Okay, I think I think it was silence is violence. What you were trying to say a little bit earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. 
Okay, so not, that's David Cedrone. No You're on Hancock Street in Quincy so far. That's it. Over a thousand people coming out to uh, support people. It's so far peaceful, uh, just chanting Black Lives Matter, about, although you're hearing from the signs that people are holding out. They're talking about all lives matter, uh, making sure we're all in this together. So, so far peaceful tonight in Quincy, and I believe that started about an hour ago. We're just letting you know what's happening. A series of other vigils around the South Shore as well, and we'll keep you posted on everything. I'm Christine James in the WATD Newsroom. This is Mike McNamara. If you have a financial question and are too shy or too busy to call us on our show, McNamara on Money, you can email us at questions at McNamaraOnMoney.com. As certified financial planner practitioners, we are knowledgeable about a number of financial topics. If we can't answer your question, we may be able to refer you to someone who can. If you take the time to ask the question, we figure we can make the time to answer it. We now return to Talk Real Estate, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services on 95.9 WATD. We're back. Hello to all my South Shore neighbors. This is Sharon McNamara along with Mary Baker and Melissa Wallace. You are listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable here on WATD. Um, and we're all over the place. Melissa will let everybody know how they can find us. And um, if you have any questions, you can call in as well. So she'll give that number. Um, we're talking to a friend of mine and a, a previous client from 10 years ago, if I can believe that, uh, Lisa Braxton, who uh, just recently well, didn't recently write the book. She wrote the book a while ago and finished it up and everything. Uh, the Talking Drums. We are talking to her about her novel. Mine comes uh, through Amazon next week. So she's going to give us all the great details um, about that. Just so you know, sorry about, you know, some of these interruptions that we've been allowing during our showtime. Uh, Christine James from the WATD News Center. Um, you all know her. You all love her. And uh, so do we. So we uh, have told her at any point during our show that she feels as if she wants to break in and give us those updates of what's going on. Um, I know something's going on in Brockton as well. Lisa, um, Melissa's mom said that she can hear a bunch of helicopters. That's where she lives. Uh, so thank you for the update, mom. And um, we also um, are hearing from, um, who is the, David Cedroni? Yep, Correct. is in Quincy uh, with the, the march there. Um, and, um, you know, and again, I just, I'm just emotional about it and I'm sure everybody else in the world is too. And um, again, I'm just hoping that these peaceful protests will unite us as people. That's, that's what we are. We're all in this together. So um, hopefully that will help. So Lisa, sorry for the interruptions, but we're just going to keep on talking to you as long as we want to, so long as you have time. Is that okay? <laughs> Perfect. And one of the things we were saying, Lisa, while we're at a commercial breaks there too is, you're always just so calm. That's one of the things I've always enjoyed about our conversations and, you know, working with her too. She's just like so level-headed all the time. So um, that's really nice um, characteristic that she has. So uh, do you want to let people know in case anyone has some questions for Lisa that we might have some WATD listeners? Yeah, so um, you can call in at the studio 781-837-4900. I just squinted saying that because I'm like, I haven't said that phone number in so long. I hope I get it right. So 781 781- Eight three seven four nine zero zero. We're also live on Facebook um, via Zoom. So we have Dustin in his home office. We have Lisa. Looks like in her home office. Um, so we're we're talking to Lisa about her her novel. Um, the talking drama. I got a text message from my mom saying, can you help me order that on Amazon? 
And she said, there's nothing wrong with a bookworm um, for anybody. So, um, but yeah, if you want to uh, watch us live, we're on all the Connect pages, Pembroke Connect, Marshfield, Duxbury, Kingston. Um, and then also we're live um, on on Boston Connect Real Estate on Facebook, um, McNamara Broker Team, and then you can catch us on, on yes. Instagram as well. Give that WA2D phone number one more time because we do have Lisa and she is talking about her new uh, book, The Talking Drum. Uh, she just gave us who her favorite character is, Omar, the drummer. So um, I'm trying to picture what I would think. Omar. Do you do that? Like, I wonder like what I picture Omar. Where's to Omar from again? Senegal. 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 Yeah. Like I always wonder like when the author is creating the person, does it look the same way I envision it? But I guess that's the great thing about that's books. That's the point. You can envision yeah. however. It's when they make a movie is when you yeah. have to associate. Casting. Yeah. Yeah. When they do the casting all wrong. It's like, no, I envisioned that person to look like this. So yeah. I have these mannerisms or something like that. Yeah. So, so I'm going to That's why my... I like to read the book first before I watch the movie. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm a very visual I'll let person. You know, I feel like there's something sexy about Omar. What are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> Look at Lisa. She's like, oh, yeah. Okay. So you agreeing? He's very well built. He's very well built, muscular, uh, good-looking man. And um, some of the women, female characters in the book find him good-looking as well. Hmm, look at that. I didn't even have to read chapter one, and I already know who Omar is. <laughs> so, um, so again, 781-837-4900. Ben is at the studio, but if you have any questions for Lisa, uh, feel free to uh, call us. And then we have a bunch of other real estate stuff that we want to talk about. But um, most importantly, I, I'm curious, do you have any upcoming events that you'll be talking about your book or anything like that going on? Dude, my official book party, my book splash, is going to be next week on June 9th. It's um, Tuesday night at Belmont Books. We're doing it by Zoom, Belmont Books in Belmont, Massachusetts. And I'll be in conversation with Hallie Efron, if you've heard of her, the suspense writer. Mm-hmm. She'll be asking me questions. And uh, so we're looking forward to that. It'll be from 7 to maybe 8, 8.30 on Tuesday night. And then also on Thursday night, my publisher is having a book party by Zoom. So I and uh, I believe it's four other Four Canadian authors will be on Zoom talking about the book. So Inanna Publications will be doing a Zoom talk on Thursday night, the 11th, from 7, I think 7 to 9 p.m. So it's going to be an exciting month. That's exciting. So maybe what you can do is send us that link as well for people to, you know, stream in so they can watch you next week as well. And we'll make sure that we promote it again next Tuesday. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, perfect. We have some questions. You're looking at it like you do. No. Oh, well, I mean, I have questions, but not now that I'm watching. The, oh, I'm watching, watching see who's watching us. Um, yeah. But, okay, so getting back to being able to access your book. So where can people find it? Do you still have to pre-order it, or can you order it and have it delivered? Also, can you have a, uh, an audio um, if not I audiobook, I don't read. So yeah, Mary <laughs> likes audiobooks. If you cannot get it on the audiobook, then would you call us and read us the book? <laughs> Maybe I will. But yes, you can get the book um, now at Amazon. In fact, I have friends who who sent me uh, texts and said, "Oh, I got I got my book in the mail last week." So people are getting it already. So you can get it from Amazon right now. You can pre-order from Barnes and Noble, and also you can order it from my publisher, Inanna Publications and get that sent down immediately. And we, there is um, Nook. So there is the ebook uh, choice <laughs> Nook and the other one. I think um, Amazon does one too. So Amazon's ebook and- Kindle? Kindle. Is it Kindle? Kindle, yes. Mm-hmm. Kindle. Okay. So 
we, I asked my um, the marketing director about um, audiobooks, and she said they've never done audiobooks. So that publisher's <laughs> never done. I guess small presses are they're, are different. They don't have as much capability. Mm-hmm. But she said, Lisa, that's a great idea, and we'll look into it. So yeah, maybe- it's a bandwagon they should get on mm-hmm. for sure, especially now because you know what I mean. That's what people are doing while they're in their house all the time. They're mopping the floors and listening to books. Mary likes right. to listen to murder mysteries, but whatever. Write me a good murder mystery and I'll probably <laughs> read it. Um, so what other things did we want to ask her about um, the, that we have about the launch? So we'll make sure that all of our listeners can get that. Is there anything going on in, well, right now it would probably be pretty hard since with COVID, but is there anything um, going on in like the writing scene or like poetry things or short storytelling, like how can people, young writers get their stuff out there? Or what's your advice? I don't know. Now I have oh, a lot of questions. Well, I, mean, <laughs> I think nothing's really changed because um, COVID hasn't affected um, getting your stuff out there because mostly people, writers will send their short stories, their poetry to pub- for publication by email, by email mm-hmm. or by a, a portal, uh, literary magazines, websites. So that has not changed. But what I will say is that because of COVID-19, I'm just really pleased with the way the writing world has come together because um, so many people, so many, there are a lot of them, you know, there are influencers, there are book influencers. Hmm. And some of them have said, well, we, we, we feel for you, you debut authors who have your books coming out right now. And why don't you do um, an interview with us and we'll post it and we'll go on Twitter and IG and we'll do, do all these things for you. So I think that We've all banded together and we're working together to help each other to compensate for what we we lost because of the social distancing and because of things being shut down. So it's really, really great to see how we've all come together on that. Perfect. And you know what I want to do right now is, and you know, I love doing things on a whim, right? So why don't we, there's three of us and why don't we decide, so I'm going to say the third part, I'll just say the first person that get calls WATD 781-837-4900. I am going to um, get you a book and um, that's what we're going to do. And I happen to know Lisa, so I'll, I know where she lives because I helped her buy it um, and I'll have her sign it. And can you do that, Lisa? Perfect. And um, what about you girls? You uh, will buy a book too. How do you want to give yours away? Do you want to give it to a WATD listener, someone on Facebook? I'm about to choke. Sorry. Yeah, I want to give it to somebody who comments on our Facebook room tonight. Oh, so should I go Instagram live? Oh, well, yeah, yeah, if you want. So if I if I go Instagram live, then I'll give it to somebody who goes Instagram. Okay, well, perfect. Right, perfect. So if you are listening to us tonight and you're watching us on Facebook, or if you're watching us on Instagram, um, oh, we'll do four. Dustin, how, how would you like to, I'm going to buy four books. So how do you think that we should give one away? So I'm giving away someone to, who's listening to WATD right now. 781-837-4900. I hope we get a caller. You don't have to ask me any questions. I just want to give away some books. <laughs> we just want to spread the love. Dustin, how do you connect with people? I was planning on just commenting on Mary's Instagram and getting myself a book. <laughs> That's cheating, Dustin. Dustin's going to comment so he can have it. <laughs> you can, when mine comes in, you can read it. You read a lot faster than me, so you can read it in a minute and then pass it on to me. 
So um, again, 781-837-4900 if you are listening to WATD and you would like a copy of The Talking Drum from um, a good friend of mine. I'm going to call her a good friend because I like her a lot. So she's a good person, um, Lisa Braxton. And uh, the name of her book is The Talking Drum. And um, we're giving away some books here. So yeah. Yeah, hopefully. Comment, call us. Yeah. (laughs) Hang out with us. Get that word out there. Yep. (laughs) Mary's Instagramming right now, so she's Instagramming live. Lisa, do you have any final words or thoughts or anything that you'd like to tell our listeners? Oh, well, I I just was so amazed at how challenging African drumming is. I learned so much about drumming, and I actually went to this um, drumming clinic that was held in, uh, I think it was anything at Melrose or one of those towns up, up north in Massachusetts, northern from here. And this they, city hall was opened up for them to do the drumming clinic with an African drummer. There must have been about 100 people in a big circle in this room. And they were serious. They were just serious about their drumming and every single pat and tap and everything else that was done. Hmm. They were learning the intricate steps of, of doing this African drumming, and I felt so out of out of my element because I was just learning it. It's like they write the book. They were serious about it. They Did they know you were there for that reason? I told them I was there for that reason because they were kind of looking at me like, um, "Well, you know, <laughs> who do you think you are? You don't even know what you're doing." <laughs> they, they go out in groups, and it's a whole big club of of African drumming, and they and they just go out and they go out to um, the hatch shell. And they do performances. Hmm. And on a regular basis, it's, it's un, unneed if you can find these drumming groups. And they're just really, they're really gung-ho and really avid. And I had no, I had no idea there was such a, a drumming world out there. That's awesome. There's a, there's actually, um, my friend, I went to Bridgewater State and my friend, um, what her major was uh, West African studies and she played the djembe and she invited me to her concert and I didn't know how many people at our school participated in this program and it, it was like it was amazing to see like the whole entire place was filled with people either playing the drum or they like knew it and I was like I don't know anything about drums but I really enjoy the sound <laughs> it was just amazing to see you know and and it was it was everybody it was it was you know, everybody was, was into it. And, and, um, how can you not be though? I just feel like any type of music I hear, whether it's a drum, a piano, I I feel it. I like bagpipes and you guys don't. I like bagpipes. All about the pipes. Irish or Scottish though. I like bagpipes. Yeah. Well, that looks really complicated. Bagpipes look really complicated. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You're blowing, you're squeezing. I just can't have them both at the same time. It's sort of like patting your head and rubbing your belly at the same it's time. It's a wild ride, trust me. so all right lisa well thank you so much for joining us again it was like sort of a last minute uh thing that we i had asked you because i I was so excited when i got my email that my book should be coming soon so i can't wait to read it and get my hands on it and we're going to do a lot of fun things i'm going to continue to promote it and uh promote you i'm very excited about this journey that you're going on right now and um no pun intended but it's been a pleasure watching you through these next chapters so um congratulations and nice seeing you again, Sharon. Nice to see you too. We'll Thanks, talk to you Lisa. soon. Thanks, Lisa. Okay, thank you. Right, bye bye. Bye.
So again, that was Lisa Braxton and uh, she's just awesome, um, just awesome person. And I'm excited for her with this new book, you know? Yeah, me too. Because I remember when we do, um, so every year we host, uh, you know, a party for our clients, um, you know, at our office and it's just a pie appreciation party. We just want somebody to stop by and we want to, we want to give you a pie. Um, and I remember two years ago I had met Lisa at our party and she was telling us, oh, I wrote a book and mm-hmm. it's going to be coming out and, and to now finally be able to like maybe in a week I'll be able to hold yeah. the book it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy like I feel like I've been on her journey this whole time <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah and she's so great too about you know coming to those you know events and everything mm-hmm. it's just it's just awesome yeah I'm really really excited for her. actually really excited for her. so all right ladies and uh gentlemen and uh, we drum are roll, please yes drum roll please we are going to discuss some real estate stuff I know that uh, Mary uh did uh take a bunch of stats and uh, we have no slides tonight but again you are listening to talk real estate roundtable here with uh, the McNamara broker team we have Mary and Melissa here in studio with me in our home studio so if you're watching us on Facebook welcome to our home Um, Melissa when we got this a year ago it was May 24th. Mm-hmm. I think you keep on oh. saying the 25th, but I think it was the 24th that we passed papers. But Maybe. hey, how would I know? 24th, 25th. Yeah. Um, <laughs> tomato, tomato. Yeah. So it's been a year since we've been here. Mm-hmm. A lot of updates and changes. I can't believe it. And um, Melissa came up with our tagline, which is over. We're looking, you think we're looking at a camera, but we actually have a big screen TV and we want to be able to see Dustin. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we could give out the link. So if people wanted to join us on the webinar, maybe that's our next venture. Um, but a home to call our own. So it's perfectly mm-hmm. fitting here. So if you have any, uh, Ben, did we get not one person to call in right now to get that free book? We still have 40 minutes. Yeah. We do still have 40 minutes. And uh, I don't think it's really so much that uh, people aren't going for the book, but uh, there are a couple of crazy things happening in the world today. So I'm sure that book is definitely going to be coming in very handy at the end of the night. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And what's better than cuddling on the couch with a nice book and, yeah, I'm, I don't know why I'm, I'm really super like hearing these live break-ins again mm-hmm. um, with Christine James, who again, I mean, she's just wonderful and so good at her job from the WATD News Center. Um, I told her she can break in at any time. So if we just break um, to our listeners, we apologize for that shortness, but uh, we definitely want to give you the most updated information as soon as, um, you know, Christine wants to bring that to you. So um, just be aware of that. But we're going to talk a little bit real estate tonight. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. I'm still posted. I'm trying to get my book. I'm trying to get my book away. <laughs> well, I think Dustin's going <laughs> to respond. Dustin's ready. Dustin texted his brother, Tyler, and said, hey, can you um, go on to Mary's Instagram? <laughs> so, um, so tonight I we thought... Yeah, you did. (laughs) With real estate uh, tonight, we're going to talk about uh, just some, you know, what's going on in real estate and, you know, what you have to do to prepare your home and how we're handling everything with COVID. And, you know, the sky is not falling. Uh, The numbers are, you know, certainly lower than they were, but that has a lot to do with low inventory. Uh, So we're going to sort of tackle that that topic. Mm -hmm. And Mary and Melissa are just like typing away. Like, I think they're in a (laughs) 
contest right now to see who's going to respond to them first. So No, I'm actually trying to convince my mom to call the studio so she can give us a live update from Brockton. Yeah, I know. She's here in helicopters and she'll get the book. She won't even have to go on Amazon to order because I'm ordering four books for people to get. Um, so right now, let's talk a little bit about real estate. And actually, you know, Dustin, why don't we start with you since they're typing away here. Um, I know, you know, you've been doing a lot of, um, you know, you do do both. I mean, you're on our team and you do do, you know, um, sales, it's uh, sales, but what's resales and with our new construction and everything. Residential. Res- yeah. Residential. <laughs> but I know that you're also um, doing a lot with rentals because that just happens to be, you know, first of all, it started with you looking for a rental and then they found one, which is great. Congratulations on that. Um, but what are you seeing out there when it comes to, have you, do you feel that COVID has changed what's going on in the Boston market when it comes to rentals? There are some irregularities i think there's a lot of uncertainty and not necessarily uncertainty that means bad is coming or bad has already come people are just unsure what to do whether it's the clients or the professionals you're getting a lot of listings where they go oh my god did i list that too low or is this too high and it's their properties they've had for years that are they're just getting different interests than they have in the past and they're unsure if it's going to be a continual thing. Mm-hmm. I, to me, the one constant and one similarity I'm seeing to the home sale market anywhere on the South shore is that there are still qualified buyers and still qualified renters looking for properties. One thing that I think Dustin, you and I talked about, or maybe it was when you were looking even, um, some of the practices that landlords were doing is they weren't even allowing you to come see the house um, Mm -hmm. or come see the unit before putting in an application and asking really personal information about you. Is that Mm -hmm. something that you're still seeing or is that kind of tapered off and people are getting back to the normalcy of like, hey, come in, look at the unit, wear your gloves, wear your mask, you know, do all that stuff. Yep, it, it's definitely tapering off. You okay. still see some of it. People are trying to make sure they have everything accounted for, boxes checked and whatnot. But we're being able to get back into units. It's one of those new norms that isn't the end of the world. People going into someone else's home, being sanitary, keeping their hands off of objects, doors, stuff like that is probably the best for everyone moving forward anyway. Oh, it's it's really not too much of a convenience, especially when you're in the city, you're dealing with apartments and everything's going to be under 1200 square feet. It's, it's not, it's not hard to get in and get out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about, um, I, I keep cutting you off. I keep, no, I know you're not yeah. cutting me off. I just wanted to ask Dustin if you liked your, your shoes tonight. Oh, can you see her shoes? Mary wearing yeah. her slippers. <laughs> wearing my Boston Connect slippers. I really, I literally wear shoes to come into the office to put my slippers on. That's kind of, that's kind of my I, life. I really did think about the slippers before we started because I'm wearing my shoes right now <laughs> for almost a similar reason that anytime I'm doing work, when I'm at home wearing sneakers, not wearing sweatpants is like the easiest way to trick me into thinking I have to do work today. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's perfect. Um, Um, One thing I was thinking um, just about the rental market, do you think application wise, so you're working with a lot of um, prospective tenants, do you mm -hmm. think the landlords are being a little bit more specific about job verification and um, following up on their references? Because I know 
I mean, job security is a huge thing that we're seeing down here and lending mm -hmm. is getting a lot stricter. So is that something that's correlating up into the city? I'm really seeing everything being polar opposites. You have a lot of these properties that are getting a lot of interest and it's going to come with a high standard in terms of applicants are accepting and the information they're providing. But with everything going on, you're seeing a lot of apartments on the other end that have been listed for 65 days. You're submitting applications and they're ready to essentially get anything. Yeah, they're just like, you know, pay me rent. <laughs> yeah, yes. I don't care who yes. you are. And that's one of the things too, though, I know that Casey's, you know, the new lease that you um, got, uh, you know, and I read it and it had an abandonment clause in it, but the the apartment that Casey's in right now, that right close to BU, the kids, the girls upstairs, they left and then, you know, they got the news that they didn't have to pay their rent and everything and that you can't get a notice to quit from your, from your landlord, which means, you know, you start in the process, but the notice to quit gives your landlord the opportunity to rent that property again. So he didn't have an abandonment clause in there. So mm -hmm. that basically says, if you leave, I have the right to rent it without you. And they left with their stuff. So it isn't even like they left things behind, but they won't sign anything. So he's still in contract and has a lease with them. And he, and he can't rent it out and he can't be getting, so he's losing. That was, uh, that was one of my other questions that I wrote down earlier. Yeah. Um, that, that's one thing, like, how does everybody feel? And this doesn't just apply to, I think I'm like 50-50 on it. It doesn't just apply to Dustin, but how does everybody feel about the um, uh, the moratorium on evictions? And, you know, I just, when you say moratorium, mm -hmm. I think it feels so final mm -hmm. and gives, I don't, I don't know, like it gives a false sense of, okay, well, I just don't have to pay. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that that is happening. And I think that that's unfortunate because there are landlords out there who need the rent in order to keep the building, to keep the building. Exactly. So they have mortgages to pay. So I, you know, I feel as if the government has done a lot to, you know, with the stimulus packages that they put out there and people getting the extra $600. And I know that that money is there for, you know, we want that to sort of boost the economy. Mm -hmm. But I also feel that, you know, I would say a good majority of the people are still able, most people were getting more in unemployment than they were when they were working, that they should still pay their rent. I just, if you're feel, able to, I feel as if you yeah, should pay. I think so too. I mean, mm -hmm. I know yeah, I haven't right? missed a single payment and that's the exact reason why it's like, well, yeah, we're on unemployment now, but you still got it to pay it and it's not going to kill us to do so. So got to pay it, got to pay the piper, you know? Yeah. yeah. I had, I had a, a couple people I had talked to when this first whole thing started and it, and it had come out and they, they said, you know, Oh, I don't have to pay my rent or I, I, it's, um, I, I can pay in like a couple months or, and it was like with phone bills and stuff like that. And I was like, if you, my advice to them was if you have the money now, pay it now, yeah. like don't, don't just take the next two or three months to not pay your bills. And then in three months when they're due, you like unless you're very savvy and very smart and saving your money i i know i don't know if i have that much self-control so don't don't put yourself in a self, uh, in a situation where you feel like you have to catch up if, if there's no reason to catch up if you are already there so you can't save any money if you're behind the boulder once again no you mm -hmm. can't and that's a good point i feel as if um if you if you like avoid it now in three months 
what's going to, how do we know where we're going to be in three months? Or Mm -hmm. how did they know where we're going to be in three months? Mm -hmm. The government can't keep bailing out. Eventually Mm -hmm. things do run out. Mm -hmm. So I just, it never made sense to me, I guess. Well, one of the things I think that's really unfortunate about a lot of these programs that are saying, you know, you don't have to pay your mortgage. Okay. So we heard that at the beginning, Mm -hmm. you don't have to pay your mortgage. You don't have to pay your mortgage for three months, for three months, for three months. But what no one was hearing was on that fourth month, you have to pay those three months as well as your fourth month. So if you can't, if you're spending that money on something else, how are you going to save it to go towards your mortgage? Like, I I don't know. I just hope people are getting good advice from people who really know the answers. And if you don't know how to get the answer, call me because I have no problem asking questions to anybody. I'll find that answer. Call a real estate agent or call your loan officer, somebody that you trust that you've worked Mm -hmm. with before, because they're going to give you the best advice for you because they want you to still be able to be in the market. And one other thing that I heard, and if, if there's any loan officer, Jasmine, Andrew, if you guys are listening to us right now, chime in. One thing that I did here is if you do the forbearance from a sales perspective, you can't qualify for another mortgage for a year. Mm -hmm. So that means, okay, so I did the forbearance for three months, trying to save myself some money thinking maybe I'm going to be able to save that money possibly for even a down payment, Mm -hmm. collect more money in unemployment, boost up my liquid funds and then be able to go sell my house and buy another one. Well, guess what? Now you can't Mm -hmm. for a year and all that money is due back. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's just read between the lines or read the fine print. It's, it's always too good to be true in some way, shape or form, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Well, I I don't trust anything or anybody. (laughs) I mean, that's just, that's just reality. How are you doing for time? Because my watch doesn't work. I just found it in the bottom of my bag. So I'm I'm happy. Oh, 7.33. That's great. Perfect. You are listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable here with the McNamara Broker Team. I have, I am Sharon McNamara. We have Melissa Wallace and we have Mary Baker, as well as Dustin Hughes, who is in his home office at the moment, uh, just tuning in from Zoom. And you can find us all over the place to IWATD listeners. If you have any questions for us, we'd love to hear from you. I feel a little distant from our WATD listeners these days because we did like, what, 13 weeks of COVID. But it was, a, it was, it was such such tongue-tied, useful information. It was. I think people didn't want to call in. Yeah, I agree. They wanted to hear so what's what the everybody... excuse tonight? <laughs> we're still, I think we're still having a lot going on in the news right now. <laughs> I know. No one cares about us. It's Maybe right. no one's traveling We have right a now. podcast that everybody can listen to later. <laughs> yes. So why don't you tell everybody about our podcast? Where can they find our podcast for our past shows? TalkRealEstateRoundtable.com. You can go to your podcast app. You're on iTunes, Spotify, all that fun stuff. You can Google our names or you can yeah. um, search search for Talk Real Estate Roundtable. My favorite thing to do every so often, I'll just, you know, when no Alexa. one's home. Alexa, <laughs> play Talk Real Estate Roundtable on Spotify. We do have... A- a-words. Yeah. All right. So some of the other things we want to talk about, again, we want to talk a little bit about real estate and we have another half hour of our show here. So WATD has extended us. I'm not sure if Christine James will uh, from the WATD News Center will want to uh, break in again, but if she wants to, I'm happy to have her as always. I'll definitely um, keep in the loop as of right now. We'll see, but uh, I'll let you know. All right. That sounds great. And that, of course, is Ben. And he is in studio at WATD, 781-837-4900, if you would like to call him. So, Mary, you took a lot of time um, to go through a lot of these statistics and comps and everything. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your findings? Well, I what I what I wanted to really focus on is we're hearing a lot of... Um, 
not industry people, but buyers and sellers alike having the indication or the assumption that the market is going to crash in the market, that they're just going to wait for housing prices to um, decrease because they're hearing that it's high right now, but how can it stay high when we're going through all of Mm -hmm. the turmoil that our country is going through? But within the research that we were doing earlier, there is nothing to possibly indicate that that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, May we see it in the next several years? Yes. But in the immediate, um, I just pulled like quarter one and quarter two from 2019 and 2020. From a listing standpoint, granted, this is including all of June. So we haven't gone through all of June. We're just at the very beginning of June. Mm-hmm. Um, we're down almost 5,000 properties on the market in just Plymouth County. Mm-hmm. Um, so what that shows is what everybody's saying, inventory is super, super low. Mm-hmm. With that being said, if you look at our numbers back from 2019 to, th- to current 2020, and this is all of Massachusetts, um, we're actually, so we're down in inventory, all of Massachusetts, we're down in inventory just from January 1 to September, uh, not September, gosh, I, I just wished away our whole entire summer. <laughs> June 2nd, we're down 1,683 properties. So wow. inventory wise, we've sold that much less, right? But we have a lower days on market than we did at the same amount of time last year mm-hmm. from in 2019 and a higher sale price overall of about 25000 um, dollars. And this was the most intriguing part to me. Um, your average sale to offer price ratio. Mm-hmm. Can you tell I, I like, I never got ex- excited about I'm, stats. I was actually sort of surprised that she's this excited. I was I, this was excited about going to prison. This is her turn. I'm sorry. How are your stats? Well, so I I was never a stats person, but because I work so heavily with our buyers, Mm -hmm. it's it's hard concrete evidence that every like when buyers come to us and say, "I'm just going to wait for things to settle down," it's Mm -hmm. not going to settle down. The average sale price to offer price ratio for all of Massachusetts in the past six months is 111. So that means people are getting consistently over asking and not just a little bit over asking, mm-hmm. but pretty much aggressively over asking mm-hmm. um, almost every time they're listing their house. Mm-hmm. And granted, this this these stats are going all the way from zero to, you know, I don't know, a hundred hundred million, which there's not a, there's not a lot of properties that are <laughs> hundred million. Yeah, there's not a lot of properties at a hundred million. But between four four hundred and four fifty, which is kind of like your average that's that's mm-hmm. your average first time home buyer. I would say in Plymouth County. In probably, Plymouth, yeah. in Plymouth County. Mm-hmm. The average sale to list uh, offer price ratio is hundred and sixty seven. Yeah. So I I mean hundred and sixty seven. Yeah. You put so your- the inventory was historically low when we started COVID. So that that hasn't changed. That has not changed. It's gotten worse. So yeah. you're saying, you know, we were when we did the stats a few weeks ago when we did our drinks and data, which I think we should do again, right? Um, now that we're at the end of May. So um we did a Friday night drinks and data when uh, Dustin was doing some of the numbers as well, we were finding that the inventory was just significantly a lot lower. And I think that we're going to start to see that sort of trickle up right now, but people are definitely buying with emotions. So, and that's the thing too, if you are selling your house, all you have to do, we were giving somebody advice today is, you know, should I do this to the deck? Should I do that? Should I blah, 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 blah. No, if it was 
thoroughly cleaned, thoroughly cleaned and you know, you purge and you do all that, you're going to get multiple people to come through your house, especially and, if you're listed you at 450. It, yeah. If you price it appropriately, look, I mean, that's a perfect stat right there yeah. for, for those people we were talking mm-hmm. to, but something to go back to the drinks and data that we were talking about is, well, January, we didn't really feel the effects of COVID, but we, our numbers were still a little bit lower. February, we started to kind of even out. March, our numbers were pretty good. Mm-hmm. April, um, we were just getting to April at that point. So April's numbers were a little bit scary. Mm-hmm. Now we've finished, we've completed May and we have to complete June, right? Dustin, can you work on those May numbers for that other stuff that you were doing? Yep. Because that would be interesting because that will tell us how many what the, what we had, what went under agreement in April. Remember we were saying yeah, how that. Many? Remember yep. when we looked at that chart and how it just like went, went way down. I knew that, that coming into May that it was going to look scary for mm-hmm. our solds in April. But this, then this goes to kind of prove your point right here. So sold units. Go ahead, Mary, prove my point. And, okay. <laughs> sold units in Plymouth County. So first quarter, you know, January, so first quarter being January, February, March, we were actually ahead of where we were last year, mm-hmm. 95 ahead. Mm-hmm. And then in quarter two, again, this does not include June. So quarter two is going to be um, March, April, May. Oh, well, actually, so March, April, May, right? Mm-hmm. No. January, January February, February, March, April, April May, June. June. I was going to say June. So it's not including June. We would have to, in Plymouth County, sell 7,604 houses to match where we were last year. Mm-hmm. So that means we took a significant hit in Mm -hmm. April. Yeah. Significant. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're probably even still feeling a little bit of the effects of it in June, Mm -hmm. but I have a feeling it's going to be a very busy summer. Yes. I think so too. Do you? Mm -hmm. You look exhausted already. It's all the numbers that I'm throwing at her I'm thinking about dinner. I'll be honest. Uh, honest. I'm thinking about dinner. Well, right now we actually also have uh, somebody else who is, had joined our team. So uh, Casey McNamara actually is on the team right now, but she's, I don't know where she is right now. So Sharon, is- not to interrupt, but I do have Christine James with an update out of Brockton, if you don't mind. Oh, oh nice. Perfect. Yes. Hello, Christine James from the WATD news room. Well, thank you very much, Sharon. Here's what's been happening tonight. I was just on the phone with our reporter in Brockton. He's driving right now, trying to get to a place where he can really, uh, I guess, regroup because it looks like things are starting to happen in Brockton. They had had a march there planned tonight, and our Lenny Rose said there are at least 800, 800 to 1,000 people. Now, most of the people there are peaceful. However, he says the Mass State Police Air Wing has been called in. I've been hearing the chatter on the scanner about that, too. Massachusetts National Guard has been called in as well. Because there appear to be, again, these are just reports from the field, about five groups of maybe 20 to 25 agitators that are trying to get the crowd ramped up. Ramped up, But right now, as we said, it is peaceful. Uh, there are people there. There are people by the police station, people by the middle school. Lenny is headed over to City Hall. And we're just trying to get a handle on exactly what is happening in Brockton. But it looks like they may be preparing for um, more activity there tonight. As you heard earlier, there were over 1,000 people in Quincy. And the last time we checked in, everything was peaceful. Mostly peaceful in, in Brockton. But again, they've called in the state police air wing. And they have called in the Massachusetts National Guard. We'll keep you posted. I'm Christine James in the WATD Newsroom. And we're back again. That was uh, Christine James giving us an update and it's very emotional. So um, Melissa is actually going to walk away. So Melissa's uh, mom and brother actually live very close to where that area is in Brockton. So of course, 
she is, you know, thinking about her family right now. And then this whole situation is just, um, again, I just, it just needs to be peaceful and peaceful is really, you, you attract more bees with honey. Um, so don't let Mr. Floyd's death go in vain where people are only going to remember terrible things. Um, I think that this is such a great opportunity in, in our world right now for everybody recognizes how terrible that situation was with him and with others as well. But I feel like with his in particular, it was just so telltale that I think it's going to snap everybody's mind out there who wasn't a believer of this stuff happening before that it's time for us to sort of um, stand together and um, help each other through this. So um, our thoughts and prayers are out there for all of the police officers right now who are, um, you know, taking care of these rallies and these protesters and, you know, and people who are, you know, just want to have a peaceful, a peaceful protest, peaceful protest. Yeah. So, um, for all of those people, just continue to do the right thing. And I promise that um, everybody's voices will be heard. Um, again, great job uh, with Christine James. Uh, and she, again, was saying that she had Lenny Rowe um, out there in the field mm -hmm. in Brockton. And David Cedroni, Cedroni is in um, Quincy. So um, good job, guys. Uh, again, you're listening to WATD. And we are the McNamara Broker Team. You're listening to Talk Real Estate Radio, Roundtable, whatever you want to call us. Uh, and we're talking a little bit about radio tonight. We had uh, Lisa Braxton on earlier, uh, um, an author and everything. And um, so anyways, but I, so that it's hard to sort of come back from listening to it, it because when you can hear the chanting in the background and everything, it's just so real. It, it is. It 100% um, it is. It's, mm. Melissa said it earlier when we were listening to um, David Cedroni and the march just getting started in Quincy and them chanting Black Lives Matter. That is, it's such a powerful movement. Mm -hmm. um, and I hope it can continue um, in a peaceful manner. In a peaceful it's the, manner. It's the, only, it's the only thing that I, I even... Mm -hmm can express because mm -hmm. I feel like the message will be heard better if yes. it is peaceful, you know? So, um, again, um, talk real estate, 781-837-4900. If you would like to call in, we do have Ben in studio at WATD in the home studio over there in Marshfield. We are in our home studio here in Pembroke center. And, um, we're talking a little bit about real estate. Mary was, um, getting all all excited there. I was there. geeking out on numbers. <laughs> about our numbers. Uh, just bit. like Melissa was about getting a tour of the prison and we're still <laughs> waiting for our swag, for our swag no, by the way. Swag. So if the, I'm sure that the district attorney and the sheriff uh, probably McDonald are probably a little busy tonight. But yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> but we would like our sweatshirts. Um, so um, what was I going to say? I'm a little distracted. Sorry. Oh, so for us, when it comes to real estate, everything, yes, it's different because we have uh, different different regulations that we have to take care of. Uh, we were able to open our office to the agents uh, just this week, uh, last week. Uh, so that's nice to see people, you know, around the office working, but it really is business as usual, mm -hmm. just a little different, right? Mm -hmm. So when we're going into people's homes, we're still out there giving advice, how to prepare your home. Um, we assure you that people are still out there. <laughs> it would probably be, if you want to sell your house right now is probably the best time to put it on because you only have the serious buyers who are out there looking 100%. right now. You don't have all these looky loos who are just like roaming around your house. It's very controlled. We actually call them controlled open houses when we're doing open houses by appointment. 
we're also doing uh, virtual tours. Um, do either of you want to talk about, how about if you talk about mm-hmm. it, we'll give you a, a second to catch your breath. Um, you know, how we've been doing the virtual tours and uh, being on Facebook and all of our pages. Yeah, so it's it's very much, I mean, obviously we try and go as slow and as detailed as possible throughout the houses so that you're really getting a good idea of what each room feels like. And um, we're not just walking through in five minutes and saying, well, here's the house, like, just schedule an appointment if you if you want one, um, but it's more live. We post on our connect pages to kind of say, hey, we're standing in the living room. Let us know if you have any questions and when we'll answer them live here for you and trying to spend some real detailed time in each space. Um, and just to promote our uh, connect pages. So we have, I mean, yeah. the name of our company is Boston Connect Real Estate. Um, and um, back in, I opened up in 2010 is when I opened and went out on my own uh, to open the firm. But in 2009, I started all these other Connect pages on Facebook. So there's like Pembroke Connect, Marshfield Connect, Hanover Connect, Duxbury. So any town that you can think of, Hanson, Situate, um, Hingham, there's all of these different uh, Connect pages. We don't allow other um, agents and companies to promote their real estate on our pages only because we didn't want it to become just a real estate page, but it's one of the added value that we give for Boston mm-hmm. Connect agents when you hire one of us. Um to um, list your home that we can go live. And I only interrupted you because I was thinking about the, um, the property that we have over in Emily. Yeah. And we did that tour live on Pembroke Connect. And yeah. how many people viewed that? I, I, mean, don't, I don't even know at this point, but at, at last time I checked it, which was several weeks ago, it was over 2,000, 3,000 yeah. views. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we've had like 3,000 mm, views. You yeah. can't get 3,000 people through an open house. No, not, <laughs> not, not at all. Which, the exposure rate and the virtual and like the virtual tours have really, uh, and we've been doing a lot with our new construction too. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. Like our new construction has been booming oh, oh right gosh. now. So, so, we're not so going to have a model busy. soon. I, I mean, know. it's a good problem to have, but like also, can we get another model? Yeah. <laughs> that's what I said actually. My text last night, Fisher was like, "Congratulations," and I was like, um, "Are we going to have a model by the end of July?" <laughs> And he didn't respond. <laughs> but so that has a lot to do with the housing market. But I'd like to think that it has a lot to do with our market, some of our mm. marketing too. I mean, we've been very mm-hmm. heavily promoting with um, virtual open houses mm-hmm. and not only just one time open houses, but something that people can go back to. So that's yep. that having like a library and a book of videos and all the houses that we've sold, mm-hmm. it gives, it's kind of twofold. Like it gives buyers a great opportunity to mm-hmm. look at their house and share it with their friends and family. But it also promotes um, you as a you know strong listing agent to be mm-hmm. like, hey, look, listen, this is this is how many people I can I can really showcase you to. Yeah, well, our Pembroke Connect alone has over eighteen thousand people. Yeah, Marshfield, I think it's crazy. Yeah, Marshfield has I want to say like twelve, and I mean Hanover has I think thirteen or fourteen. So we have thousands and thousands of people that are watching our videos, which is great. And one of the things too, what I love about the live was I remember uh, Mel actually had the the camera, you know, she had what was a phone and she was, we sort of took turns at, at this house because it's a very big house and people were asking questions during it, which was really nice that we could answer them right then and there. But then people also said, oh, can you show us the backyard again? You know, yeah. so it was really interactive. So, um, but you can get, we can do individual appointments. It is. It's changed a little bit and Dustin was hitting upon it earlier. So you're wearing a mask in some instances, instances you're wearing booties, you, you're wearing gloves, you're desanitizing, mm-hmm. but you know, it probably wasn't a bad practice to begin with. Yeah. It might've, I mean, 
not necessarily the masks. I get really hot and sweaty under there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it, it you are around people that you don't know sometimes, especially mm-hmm. these open houses where I know it, within recent memory, we've had open houses where there's almost 80 groups coming mm-hmm. through. Um, that's exposing yourself to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe it, and did you tend to get a lot of those looky blue type people and you know what I mean? The neighbors and, and, and oh yeah, and everybody wants to get inside. But we do take precautions. And a lot of times what we'll do with our new construction is, you know, go to the house, you know, open the doors, open some of the cabinets, you know, we'll touch the lights, you know, and we'll do those and we do them in our resale properties as well. Um, you know, I know one of the last houses we had on 41 Oakland Square. By the way, those people should give a class on how to be like the <laughs> best seller ever. I'm sure we could get them on a Zoom. Yeah, I bet we could. And she actually, we sent her flowers that we signed a purchase and sales agreement uh, this week with them. So we sent them some beautiful flowers to congratulate them. And, and that's what we, another thing that we're doing different because we've always sent our clients flowers and we generally sent them the day before an open house mm-hmm. uh, just so we have some nice, beautiful flowers. Things there are going so quick. We don't even have time to get them there. I know. Well, the flyers that we ordered yeah. never made it to the house because they came the day, you know what I mean? Literally. The day that we were already under agreement. So um, some. what are some of the other changes that you're thinking that we see? I know um, we talked about showings. We talked about open houses, preparing for the house and getting the photographers in. You want to talk about that a little bit? I actually, so me personally, I don't think that's really changed all that much. I think mm-hmm. sellers are preparing their houses the same way that they would. We're mm-hmm. still going into properties. We're just taking precautions. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going in. Um, the photographer, yes, they prefer that not everybody is home, but I think they would have preferred for that to happen anyway, anyways. We yeah. like it that way anyways. Why do people sometimes stay home? All the time. Oh, really? All the time. Um, stay home and, and then you're kind of, the photographer's working around you, dodging in and out of the photos. So sometimes I think they prefer to be the only ones in the house. And granted, I mean, the real estate agent can be there with them if that's a yeah. precaution that the, the sellers mm-hmm. want. But I think it's just easier in general for them to be mm-hmm. kind of solo in that regard. And Dustin actually uh, does a lot of the photography as well. And he recently did, we're starting to do the um, Matterport, mm-hmm. right? So um, I personally am not a fan of Matterport, um, but I did have somebody, somebody asks me about it all the time. And I just think that's because it's sort of that new buzz thing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, do you do Matterport? And it's like, yeah, it's been out there for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. I personally don't like it because I think it gives people too much control to just sort of stroll around your house. And, oh, you walk in the front door, you take a right, you go up the stairs, you take a left, and then you're in the master bedroom and there's the jewelry box. So I just don't like it. And it, maybe I'm over the top. I don't know. And besides that, I'd like to talk to people and bring them into the house and show them because I think that people are going to look at videos or look at a Matterport, they're going to see one thing they don't like and just move on. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I feel like from the marketing perspective, I don't know that I really love that, but we can do it. I found that the Matterports don't really show everything. Mm. Like I, I don't think that you get a good feel for a house, mm. maybe the layout, maybe the up and down, mm. um, like the dollhouse view is what they call it, but yeah. actually walking through, uh, you miss the detail in the crown molding or the wings coating, or mm-hmm. you, you you miss the little things. Mm-hmm. So I'm not a fan of it in that sense. Dustin, what are your thoughts on it? We only have a few minutes left, though. Do you like them or do you not like them? Uh, I think kind of the industry standard of the quality of photographs you're getting helps a lot. Where you're not getting these listings anymore, where you you don't understand where something is or how it connects to other parts of the house, and it in that mm-hmm. sense, the Matterport would be helpful. 
But you do the floor plans for us as well now too, that you can do yeah, those. It, it, your concerns are very valid. I have, I'm almost indifferent. I think my only thought in the grand scheme of things is that is the future we're trending towards. And I would not be surprised if that became the standard, the standard norm. for every listing. Yeah, and I think, oh, sorry, didn't mean to I was hear. just going to say, not to say it's going to help or whatnot. Mm-hmm. You, you, people may see stuff not like it and have to get out of there, or they come back to the listing because they didn't like it because of an out of port, and then you finally get them in there and you have that conversation. Things change. That will end up probably being the case for a lot of it, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the norm now. The norm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, something that I do, um, and you made me think of it, uh, Dustin, when you said that, you know, I don't know where this room is or wh- where where I am right now. How I've always organized professional photos for our listing is as soon as you walk through the door, what do you see? And then you sort of, you have like a walkway and a, and a path of what you see when you walk through the door, you know, is it the, the yeah, living room, the dining room, the kitchen that, you know, and I like to do it as like, you're doing a tour of the house. Mm-hmm. You can get an, a feel and an idea of what you're going to see and what you're going to see next. Mm-hmm. That's just how I've always organized them. Um, but, um, so we only have a couple of minutes left. I was just, um, texting with uh, Christine James and just telling her what a great job she did tonight with her crew out there, Um, again, from the WATD uh, newsroom. And they do, they do a good job there, keeping it local and they're out there. And that's why we have uh, local radio shows and WATD is always on your side. So um, that's my little plug for them. And um, there we go. So um, Dustin, if people are looking for, um, and even though you do do all South Shore out in the Worcester area as well, um, Holden and all of that, um, if people are interested in getting more information as well with you know maybe apartment searching in the city or uh, considering putting their house on the market as well um, out in the city, you are part of our team, but uh, we are handling the rental aspect of things right now. And I think that that's sort of a big market right now for people um, moving in the city, moving out of the city. So if they want to list it or um, have you help them, how can people get in touch with you uh, via your cell phone, texting and calling? Yep. My phone number is 508-404-0936. One more time. Yep. Do that one more time. 508-404-0936. And your email address? Dustin, D-U-S-T-I-N, at bostonconnect.com. Perfect. So again, that's Dustin Hughes, and he is part of our team. And uh, he's been doing such a great job out there uh, looking at some rentals in the city and everything. Uh, The last thing in the the world I would want to be doing is roaming around in the city. I get lost all the time. (laughs) In fact, when we found Casey's apartment, Mary had to do it with me. (laughs) Yes, but um, as a team, we definitely list um, in the city and South Shore and uh, beyond. So um, Mary, do you want to let everybody know how they can get in touch with us? Last 30 seconds though, ladies. Okay, a oh, one-on-one yeah. consultation. Yeah, you can find us anywhere. You can call the office. We're the only three in here right now. <laughs> 781-826-8000. Um, you can find Google Sharon McNamara Broker Team or McNamara Broker Team, mm-hmm. Melissa Wallace, Sharon McNamara, Mary Baker. And you can yep. find us on talkrealestateroundtable.com to find all of our past Bostonconnect.com. shows. Yes. And bostonconnect.com. Melissa, thank you for um, all of your work that you do to put this thing together for us. We'll be back next week. We will be back next week. It is a team effort, guys. Yes. We're all in this together. We're all in this together. Yay. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Ben. Have a good one, ladies. Take care. Good night.